Hi, welcome to the On Becoming Educated podcast, where I, Pa Vu, will share my experience as a first-generation PhD student. Hi, everybody. All I got to say is, whoa, what a month and a half it's been. And actually, what a year it's been, right? So I haven't been able to record for a while because, well, there was the election, and then before that I was sick. About a month and a half ago, I went out to Golden Gate Park in San Francisco and stopped at the beach for an hour or so. It was a cool, overcast day with a bit of drizzling, but it was so nice to be out and about. It felt like a normal day, like there wasn't this huge pressure on my shoulders called the COVID-19 pandemic. And then that Sunday evening, I began to feel not myself, let's just say. I often get a scratchy throat when the seasons change. I guess something about the change in temperature makes my body react with cold-like symptoms, even if I'm not sick. So at first, I kind of shrugged it off. But then my imagination got the better of me, and I started reading the CDC symptoms for COVID-19, which is good, but it's also a bad thing to do. (laughs) And that was when I began to freak out. (laughs) And I think my little freak out kind of brought on an an anxiety attack, which then led to a lot of bodily reactions that then made me freak out even more. So I got tested that following Monday, and it came back negative. My body actually felt like it was back to normal the day after I got the test done. The lesson from that week was, it's okay to worry. We're in the middle of a pandemic for crying out loud. But take a deep breath or several deep breaths. I actually learned diaphragmatic breathing is really good for you when you're anxious. So I'll put a link to a resource in the show notes. I guess just don't forget to breathe so that the worry doesn't overwhelm you like it did me. And then figure out what to do next. I just went in to get my third test two weeks ago as a precaution, which also came back negative, and am planning to go again um, this coming Monday, actually. UC Berkeley offers free surveillance testing for students and staff, and I just feel like getting a test regularly would give me peace of mind, so I'm going to be doing that. I want to say that we're living through trying and historical times, and we're all feeling all sorts of emotions, and that's normal. So if you are feeling overwhelmed like me, I hope you take a few deep breaths and take some time for yourself, just like I did. Anyways, because of the month and a half I had, I wasn't able to start my 30-day gratitude challenge on October 12th like I had originally planned and like I had announced in the last episode. I apologize for that. I'm going to start it on December 7th instead, so please join me if you feel like this might be helpful to you. I know that um, it has been helpful to me in the past and I am 100% sure it's going to be helpful to me in the future when I do it again on December 7th. So if you feel like you want to take part in this challenge, I hope that you decide to join me. 
You can follow along on Instagram or Facebook for updates. Who knows, I might even do a video and read an entry or something. I do like to um, read some of my work sometimes, and although this isn't considered a work, um, I find that sharing these things are sometimes helpful to people who are considering whether or not they want to do it too. So who knows, I might even do a reading from an entry if I feel comfortable enough. And now on to today's show. I'm sitting in my boss's office in a staff meeting. There are five of us, and we're deep in conversation about all the long lists of things we have to do. And I'm trying to find the word to describe how I'm going to become a better leader by not doing everything myself. But for some reason, I can't think of that word. I know it, I just can't conjure it up. It's right there. I can feel it. But no matter how much I try to grab it so that I can actually verbalize it, it eludes me so that I have to look at my coworkers and say, help me out here. The word I'm looking for is, and I start describing the word, and they all try to help me figure out what the heck it is I'm trying to say, offering words until one of them offers the right word. Delegate. Delegate. I'm becoming a better leader because I'm delegating more. A word I hear often and know well, yet I couldn't quite pull it out of my brain. This wasn't the first time this kind of thing happened. And it wasn't the last time either. I've had so many moments, especially in the last few years, where I found myself drawing a blank whether it's finding the right word, remembering a name, or sometimes even remembering an event that had happened in the past. When I realized this was happening, and happening more often than not, it kind of freaked me out a little. So I began exploring why this is happening, and why this might be happening to me specifically. In the last three years, I went through some major life changes that caused a lot of anxiety, which manifested and continues to manifest physically. On top of that, add the constant emergency state of living in Northern California, and now the pandemic and all the stresses that have come with that. And through all of this, I had not only not been eating healthy, But I had also not been exercising. Instead, I had been sitting for hours on end at my desk, working at my computer, so that everything I'm feeling had no way of being released. I learned that when I have no outlet, I hold everything in my shoulders. And I'm constantly clenching my shoulders, bracing to be hit with something, so that my shoulders begin to tighten and hurt like this really intense pain. I have never really made room for a regular exercise schedule or exercise routine in my life because I've always relied on my good genes and on being young. I also never made that much of an effort to eat healthy because... Let's be honest, I love fatty foods and carbs with 
all my heart and soul. <laughs> but when I got accepted to UC Berkeley for grad school at age 34, I'm now 35 and, and in my first semester, I knew I needed to change something in my life. I needed my brain to work better and faster. I needed my body to just feel better in general. So I started a regular exercise routine and I began to change my diet from a high-carb diet centered around rice to a high-vegetable and protein diet centered around power green salads and fish. Now, I'm not a nutritionist, nor am I a personal trainer, so all I can tell you is that after six months of this diet, along with a regular exercise schedule, not only do I feel better physically and have more energy, but I'm also thinking better. So I thought I'd share with you how I came to live without eating rice every day, <laughs> which is hard, and with a regular exercise schedule, which is also kind of hard. Hopefully you'll find it helpful. I have never liked salads. It was just never part of my diet growing up. I grew up on rice and meat because those were considered good, hearty foods in my family. Meat was always hard to come by in Thailand where I was born and where my parents grew up. So if we had meat, it was considered a good meal. My parents were also more concerned with just getting us fed than getting us to eat a balanced meal. So I always thought vegetables were disgusting, especially when raw. <laughs> and I especially did not like tomatoes unless it was cooked in something else or it was in salsa or in guazazi lushua, which is a mong pepper dip or a side dish. It's so good. <laughs> I hated tomatoes so much, it even affected my relationship with pizza and spaghetti. <laughs> so if you know me, you know that pizza is not really my favorite thing to eat in the world. <laughs> I'll eat it once in a while, but I just I just don't really like the, um, the uh, marinara paste that is used for pizza. <laughs> then, this, this, this has a good ending, <laughs> then something happened when I turned 30 my taste buds changed, and I suddenly began to like cherry tomatoes. So today, I don't have any salads without cherry tomatoes. I try to eat one salad a day, and if I've gone two days without a salad, then I've established enough of a habit to where I start to feel a little guilty and this guilt won't go away until I eat a salad. <laughs> what I found has helped me eat more salads is the dressing itself. I don't buy dressing from the store anymore. I make my own dressing. And I have five types of dressings that I make. And I make enough for a few days so that I don't need them. Or I don't need to make them every single day which makes it a lot easier to eat salads. My favorite dressing is a red wine vinegar dressing with dry oregano and ground cumin. I've linked it along with, other, with four other salad dressings in the show notes, so feel free to check those out. 
I've also learned to really appreciate fish with my salads. I love salmon and cook this really yummy honey garlic glazed salmon recipe every couple of weeks. I've linked that recipe in the show notes as well. Aside from salmon, however, I enjoy canned tuna, which my sister introduced me to with avocado. And I've also tried smoked trout in my salads too. All really good stuff, which have made really boring salads more exciting. So, eating healthy is just one of the ways I've changed my life. The other way I've changed my life is by establishing a regular exercise schedule, which, to be honest, feels like the one decision that has completely saved me during this transition to grad school and, in general, during this pandemic. A regular exercise schedule allowed me to work off stress, to keep my heart and lungs healthy, to have alone time to think through things, and to just get out of the house and get sunlight and fresh air regularly. I started by making the commitment to just move 30 to 40 minutes three days a week, usually Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So I I didn't put any pressure on myself to jog or to, you know, go a certain distance. I just said, I just put a timer on and I said 30 to 40 minutes, um, three days a week, I want to be in motion. So I want to be, I want to be moving around, whatever that means. After a few weeks of doing this and following the schedule religiously, my body naturally began to demand more. Something I've learned to do is listen to my body and follow the clues it's given me to nourish it in the way that it desires. So when my body began to demand more, more activity, more air, more time in the sun, I gave it more. I began jogging here and there, but nothing too serious because, let's be honest here, I hadn't jogged in years. (laughs) Unless you count jogging across the street when the crosswalk countdown thing gets to like three seconds and you think you can still make it in three-inch heels. (laughs) And I'm too embarrassed to say how many years, so I'll just let that be one of the mysteries of this show. How many years has it been since Pa jogged? (laughs) Anyway... After jogging here and there for a couple of months, my body demanded more again. And being a totally non-athletic person, like totally completely non-athletic, like a person who only ever tolerated PE so that I could graduate high school, I considered joining a running group in the Bay. (laughs) But the idea of wheezing and gasping for air with a whole bunch of other people didn't appeal to me. Also, there's COVID. So I began to search for a running program that I could do on my own, and I came across a beginner's running program on runnersworld.com that didn't make me want to shut down, which is how I usually feel when it comes to running. (laughs) And to be honest, I blame it on my PE teachers. (laughs) 
I don't think they did a good job of introducing me to running. Anyways, um, I've linked this running program in the show notes for you in case you are interested in starting a running program as well. What I liked about this program was that it divided running into 12 stages so that you could easily complete each stage at your own comfort. And if you need to spend more than a week on a stage, then you can because you're doing this at your own pace. I also liked that the person who wrote the article was like, you don't need to run like the people on TV. You just need to run slightly faster than you walk. I was pretty much like, that I can do. (laughs) I can definitely do that. With a running program, I had the structure of a running schedule, which made it a lot easier to commit to. So I began running four to five times a week. And for me, the best time to run is in the morning, right after I wake up. Because waking up actually acts as a trigger to help me realize I need to run. Also, in the morning, there's not a lot of people out and about, or bugs for that matter. (laughs) Have you noticed there are so many bugs in the evening? Sometimes I feel like I need a windshield wiper for my face when I run in the evenings. There also aren't a lot of cars in the morning, and I don't feel super heavy from eating all day, which could totally just be in my head, but I feel it. (laughs) I've tried running in the evenings, and I just feel a lot more resistance from my body, so because of that, I rarely go running in the evenings anymore. In the end, what I've learned through eating healthy and exercising is that my physical health is linked to my spiritual health, is linked to my mental health. And because they're all linked, I know the effort I'm making is going to benefit me holistically. Because I don't just want to survive one semester of grad school, I want to thrive in all the five, six, maybe even seven years that I will be in this program because I want to be ready for the fight that I know I will lead in the future. The fight for linguistic justice. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast listening platform of your choice to be notified when new episodes are up. If you would like to support this podcast, a rating and review would go a long way. Podcasts with ratings and reviews are more likely to be found by listeners. So I would very much appreciate it if you can take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast. If you would like to make a donation to help me run this podcast, you can do so at kofi.com slash on becoming educated. That's ko-fi.com slash on becoming educated. Every dollar helps. Follow me on Instagram at by Pavu and the podcast at on becoming educated. Lastly, to access transcripts and submit listener questions, go to www.onbecomingeducated.com.